All right. Dr. Jeremy Hall, welcome to the podcast. Man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, man. Loud and I clear. agree. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, Jeremy is the, the coordinator at the Center for Students in Recovery at UT Dallas, yep. the university that I go to. And I thought maybe we could start by maybe just saying a little bit about um, like your your past maybe and uh, and a little bit about who you are just so people can get a little taste of yeah. uh, Absolutely. <laughs> um, so my name is Dr. Jeremy Hall. Um, I am a PhD um, graduate. Um, I got my PhD in metaphysics and uh, my doctorate in uh, Christian counseling over the years. I'm from Hope, Arkansas, small town I grew up from, which is where Bill Clinton is from. Fun fact, my <laughs> grandmother uh, babysitted Bill Clinton. Fun Whoa. fact. Yes, yes, which is pretty cool. I found that in 2017. Family kept it a little secret. But um, I graduated uh, from high school 2007, let you know my age. Moved up here to Dallas, Texas, where I pursued um, college. Went to school, got um, educated, um, got certifications and everything. Um, started off working in corporate, uh, worked for various companies, AL3. Um, technologies. I worked for American Airlines, etc. Um, what I love to do is just help young people, which is why um, I was inspired to leave corporate to come to the university, where I'm the um, admin project coordinator, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. at the University of Texas at Dallas. And um, what really just gives me so much life and um, compassion and that drive is just seeing young individuals reach to the next level of their potential and to grow and become them better selves. So I'm just good to be here. Yeah, man. And uh, when you say you have a degree in, in everything or, or you got like a bunch of degrees, you really do have a lot of degrees, man. And I think that is really cool that, you know, someone who has um, like not, not so far away graduated from high school, you know, already has a lot of, of degrees man and mm -hmm. i think that's really cool how you like every you told me that every single summer and like um especially when covid happened you took like the opportunity to get online courses and get a bunch of certificates and and degrees yeah. mm -hmm. and, I, and i just think that's so smart man that people can can do that yeah, it takes dedication you know and uh, making yeah. sure that you're not distracted you have to focus um, and that's what I did. It it it, it, it was rough at the beginning, but it began to kind of um, get easy when I was able to focus and not be distracted. Right. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. And uh, what made you like steer towards addiction or like um or recovery? Um, that's a that's that's a good question. So uh, my mentor um, and teacher. Um, he go he goes by Al Sufi. It's <laughs> interesting. He, he does he doesn't like individuals that have his uh, real name. He don't like to be out there um, like this. So I call him Al Sufi. That's the the title he like going by. But That's awesome. um, when I met when I met him at the library, um, and we he took me on as a student. Over time, what I had dealt with as, in my childhood, even though I had a great childhood, I had some some challenges, some difficulties. Uh, mental abuse and uh, physical abuse that happened in and out of, of my um, life. But I thought it was normal, especially by being young and not having anyone to say, no, that's not normal. You shouldn't have mm. to endure that. 
So when I met my teacher, he kind of walked me through and let me know that, hey, you know, you went through a lot of abuse and you you really don't even realize it or have yeah. accepted it um, either or. And um, I began to observe uh, my surroundings. I began to look back and reflect upon the things that I experienced and what I saw, what, what happened to me and with the knowledge of knowing that it wasn't right, that it was wrong. And then I began to see it within other people's um, lives. And right. I didn't notice, but ever since I was in the eighth grade, I was, I was counseling and advising people even then, but I didn't, I didn't oh. realize it. When I look back, there were times where I'm at the table by myself because I didn't really like being around people when I was young. I, I was an isolated person. I liked to be to myself. Hmm. But people would come to the, the table and just start telling me everything about their life, what they're going through, just just out of the blue. But I was able to to either respond or just sit there and listen. And that helped them a great deal when I look back. Yeah. And this whole time I've been helping people. But when I became older and uh, much more mature and I, I began to accept things, I self-realized and actualized that people, even in my adulthood that I've had conversations with and I've talked to later on it reached out to me to tell me that hey you remember that night when we was up to 3 a.m I was like you know I respond to them be like yeah they were like yeah if you didn't answer the phone that night I was going to take you know I was going to leave this world you know wow. to keep kind of clean there's multiple people who told me stories like that that in itself along with other things it just inspired me to really take this serious and to really put myself in a position where I can do that, where I can express and give advice or just listen, not even talk, just listen to an individual who, who's in need and having the experiences of mental and physical abuse, being able to relate to them and kind of communicate in such a way where they'll understand that they're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, have you ever noticed, uh, maybe this is more like an addiction question, but mm -hmm. do you think that there is like a noticed some kind of uh, a type of person, for example, or some type of trait that uh, that, you know, that person becomes addicted? And do you see these traits remain after they like recover and they like have found like a way to work with them and but they like it's still there right like does it go away do these traits go away or do you think that it is something that anyone can get addicted to or i like, think anyone can get addicted that's that, that's that's a good question um first of all trauma if it reaches a certain level can lead to any coping mechanism and addiction being one of them um Let's say an individual uh, becomes addicted to, let's say, uh, narcotics or um, fentanyl or anything, and let's say they recover. But let me go back. Some of the traits they will have is, you know, they can't be, you know, they um, are habits. Um, they can't be still or they, they're impatient or um, they just they just can't be settled. They can't uh, focus. They can't really concentrate because what's on their mind is getting that whatever that substance is or whatever that thing is to calm them down. But let's say 
they're recovering everything. There are things that can occur, like a phrase or a specific environment that they can be put in that can trigger those symptoms to come back. Even even if they don't indulge in the thing, but they can begin to have those symptoms that can eventually lead to them intaking the substance, especially if it's available or being inspired to go find it. So it could be an environment. It could be someone that says something that could be triggering because it's all trauma. Any memory or anything that could bring back like in real time in the mind of an individual of them right. being in a situation where they were using or whatever the case may be, that could bring those uh, those traits back. That's why it's very important to get in groups uh, like 12 steps or peer support groups or just be in some type of environment where you have that constant support and reminder of this isn't good. Continue to stay on this path to prevent from going back down this path. Yeah. Yeah, right, man. Uh, because this is probably really good back when, like, for survival, right? Like, mm-hmm. whenever you would get eaten or an animal would come by, your brain would have to, like, take a mental picture of the scenario in case you were ever again in that position. Your body would just automatically, like, get away or mm-hmm. or fight automatically. But, you know, through evolution, we come to a point where um, we don't really need uh, to survive that way as much but our our brain still kind of remembers the the scenarios where we grew up and we're like we didn't like um a certain person because they like this person did something to us when we were younger yeah. and so we we correlate um like in the future we see a person who has like <laughs> like a perfectly normal person who has like curly hair or mm-hmm. uh, short or something you're like oh i don't trust that person Right. There's like nothing even there anymore to to really right. harm you. But you're kind of like prejudging like uh instinctively the, the situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh how would you like work with that? How um how would you uh, kind of like maybe allow uh the situations to be and not necessarily try to judge is that something that you can you can change or is that kind of what recovery is? Yeah. So one important thing prior to even seeking recovery Mm -hmm. and I'll lead into what your question is acceptance. If you don't accept your condition or your situation or your circumstance, there is no next action that is going to be implemented because you haven't accepted. A lot of people, most people, unfortunately, suffer, continue to be miserable or continue to go down a path of darkness because of their unwillingness to accept what's going on in their life. And Mm -hmm. that is because of ego. Ego overrides logic. It overrides intelligence. It um, overrides um, that that reasoning. So ego can has defeated a lot of people and it's currently still defeating individuals. So acceptance first. Once they have accepted what's going on, they go through the phases of, of getting help. What ends up happening is their condition begins to be reconditioned if they accept 
each step of the way of the recovery, you know, of the lessons, of the instructions that's been given to them, they get to a point where their mindset begins to be reconditioned back to the original way of thinking for their minds, of, of their personality. The trauma has to be addressed, has to be accepted. And then by virtue of that, once the acceptance occurs, there is room that opens up in the mind of that individual or in the essence of the individuals where they're willing to receive instructions and willing to change and take those options and tools that's given to them and put them into action to make sure that they change their way of thinking. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to have, they're going to continue to have trust issues, for example. But what will happen is they will be able to identify that the trust issues that they're having is not going to help them in the long run. So they'll begin to work on that to the best of their ability because everyone's different. So the outcome may be different depending on the individual, but they will make progress towards a point where they can begin to trust people because I was in the same way. It took me forever to trust the individual, but I had to realize that me not trusting people is going to really just keep have me isolated out here to the point where I'm not going to be able to grow or meet people or have someone who has the answers for me to, to give them to me if I'm just turning my shoulder to everyone. It's not healthy. And I, I realized that. I had to accept that. And once I accepted, I was able to move forward. Hmm. Yeah. That, I, I kind of struggle with that a little bit personally. Hmm. Because, um, like, for example, in, in the family, for example, um, there's the example that you can, like, almost like uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, you know, how they talk about uh, Krishna tells Arjuna to to fight, right? To, to accept things as they are and to just fight and not run away from, from the battle. And uh, I, I struggle to find a little bit that line in between, like, acceptance and fight, you know, because... Uh, there's there's definitely certain things that you shouldn't accept. Like like you should accept, but like for example, the metaphor that I've heard used is being the punching bag for your family. For example, like don't let yourself become a punching bag for your right. family. Just like accepting everything that they give you and just being like, yeah, yeah, okay, right. You know, but um, but rather like fight. You know, and and I struggle between those two boundaries, man. I don't know when I should um accept it and uh and be like okay or i should fight and be like no you know mm -hmm. i can help i can um help with that for you and for anyone that's listening that may be in, in a similar situation um and let me say this i meant to say this at the beginning for all the listeners i am not a clinician i don't have a licensure a licensure to 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 counsel in an organization. So I'm not a clinician. I want to sit there for, for the record in case someone at the, the counsel center or any other institution get a hold of this or watch this. I just want to put it out there. I, I'm not a clinician. I don't have, I did not go through a clinical um, uh, program to get my licensure to counsel people from a clinical perspective. However, I counsel based upon um, the holistic approach. And based upon an uh, individual's faith, but I'm not a clinician. So 
take what I say with a grain of salt <laughs> um, and do your research. Um, but I'm not right. a clinician. I just want to put that out there. Okay. All right. Um, now, back to what I was going to say. Um, if you're dealing, let's say the, um, the situation where Arjuna was um, dealing with, which is something I personally had dealt with, <laughs> which is why I relate to that story so much and the reason why I love the Bhagavad Gita. Um, first, let's say you're dealing with a parent um, or a relative who you don't have an agreement with. They're being disrespectful. You accept the fact that they're being disrespectful. And once you accept that fact, now you have to determine what you're going to do about it. Mm-hmm. Once you determine what you're going to do about it, immediately do something about it, having a conversation, uh, confronting the individual. Don't have to be violent. You can, you can confront someone intelligently. Mm. Confront them, let them know what's going on, how you feel, and make sure to communicate to them that you don't want this to continue going down this path because if so you're going to have to withdraw your consent from that individual meaning not deal with them anymore deal with them from afar if anything if you're going to deal with them but you got to withdraw your consent a lot of times we as individuals make our situations difficult because we don't want to accept the truth that's in front of us because the truth is not pretty it doesn't come dressed in a beautiful um in a beautiful clothing it doesn't come the way we want it. That's why we have to understand that everything is not going to be beautiful. But to accept that because it's still instructions, it's still an experience to help us grow. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where oh, you don't want to fight, but you know fighting is necessary, but you don't want to be the bad person, know that you're not being the bad person. You're setting boundaries. It goes back to boundaries. Mm. A lot of young individuals, especially, afraid to set boundaries because of the poisonous doctrine that society has placed upon us. Like, you don't supposed to t- say, um, talk back to your mom or your dad because that's your right. parent. That's a bunch of BS, and I'm going to just say it. So if your parents <laughs> have a problem with that, they can talk to me personally. But if a young individual is doing what they're supposed to do, they're being righteous, they're being honorable, they're being noble. And their actions reflect that it's their birthright to be treated with honor and respect from whoever. And if they're not receiving that, it's their birthright to address it and to have a conversation, whether if it's with mom, father, grandpa, grandma, auntie, whoever, friend, spouse, husband, wife, that conversation has to be um, put up and boundaries have to be set. Yeah, man. That's very important, man. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of like uh, tying that somehow into, you know, uh, manifestation. What do you what's your idea on manifestation? <laughs> ooh, ooh. A little sidetrack. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Oh, man. Being a metaphysician, I, I, I love those type of questions. So manifestation. First of all, I would say. You can't manifest anything if you don't have faith, which I use faith as a means of confidence. That's what faith means for all the um, people who are religious or, you know, maybe Muslims, Christians, um, whatever, um, Jehovah. um, Faith is confidence. First, you have to have confidence in yourself. Once you have confidence and there's something that you want, for example, let's say you want a car, a brand new car, 
mm-hmm. a Jaguar, for example, or, or a Jeep or Mercedes, whatever. Mm-hmm. The first thing in order to get that is you have to follow universal principles. The question is, what is the principle to get that Mercedes? Well, the principle is you need to find a job if you don't have one. And if you have a job, the principle is save money until you have enough saved to put a down payment on that vehicle. So let's say you want a Mercedes. If you want to manifest it, have the confidence that I can manifest this. Put in the work to ensure that it's ma- that it manifests. And through that process, what you will find is that you don't have to go through the extra loopholes or the extra steps in order for the manifest because for one, you have confidence. Number two, you're putting in actions. And through that entire process, it's, it's, it's a vibration that you begin to emit. And the vibration is going to vibrate that thing that you want to you much faster and sufficiently because of your intent and your confidence in the process of manifesting it. Does that make any sense? Yeah, man. That's like a great uh, definition for faith. Yeah. 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 You, you have to, just like it says in, um, in, in the Holy Quran, Allah says, if you take a few steps towards me, I would take several towards you. Take one step, I'll take two towards you. And the same thing in the Bible. You know, God says, if you want, just if you knock, I will answer. I'm there. What that means is God is not all the way out there in the universe per se. God is within your heart. Mm. God is within you. We are children of God. And I'm not ch- trying to turn this podcast into anything religious, but yeah. it's, 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 it's the truth, metaphorically speaking. The self, the higher self, the higher self is our God self. And in order for it to manifest what we want, we have to submit, just like um, they say in Islam, um, to be um, a Muslim is is to submit to God and the Muslim is one who submits to God, you know, i.e. yourself. Submit to yourself, have the confidence, have faith, confidence in yourself, and then put Mm -hmm. in the actions. Follow the principles and put in the actions and the work so those things can manifest and it'll come easier. Next thing you know, you go buy the car you want. Your credit is good. You don't have to put as much of a down payment because you had the confidence and you are vibrating at such a level that you're vibrating things to you that is perfected to -hmm. ensure that you don't have to go through the stress in order to get the thing that you want. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, that almost seems like a vital step, man, to, to not do the extra steps to, to get the thing that you want. Like, because then it wouldn't come easily. You have to, you want it to come easily. You want it to come in the most easiest way and convenient right. and almost like a, like watering a plant, you know, just because you're sitting there, you know, telling the plant to grow, probably won't grow any faster. You know, you just have to like water it and then like go away, let it do mm-hmm. its thing. Right. And, and then naturally the seed will sprout or whatever. Right. The mind is very, the mind is very powerful. Um, like I wanted, for example, I wanted a vehicle, a particular vehicle. Mm-hmm. What I started doing is I started fasting, and I start and I kept my intent on the vehicle, that vehicle I wanted. And what ended up happening is I became so confident that I would have it 
that I started doing things that I normally wouldn't do. For example, working extra hours um, and, and, and being happy and looking forward to working those extra hours. It changed my whole mindset. I began to get happy and excited and confident that I would get that thing that I wanted in such a way where I began to do extra things that used to be difficult to, to my perception. Oh. It became very simple yeah. because of that confidence. And guess what? I got the vehicle I wanted. Mm-hmm. I'll share a story with you. I'll make it quick. The vehicle I wanted, I went to the dealership. They didn't have the color of the vehicle that I wanted. They had the vehicle, but not the color. And it was a one that was much newer. And I didn't, I didn't want, that wasn't within my budget. I wanted to go within my budget. And remember, it's all about boundaries. My oh. budget. So I was like, no, this is not within my budget. Plus, it's not the color that I want. I end up leaving the dealership with the intent that I will eventually get the vehicle I wanted. Yeah. About 30 minutes after leaving the car lot, the dealership called me and said, hey, there's a couple that just came up here in an all-black Jeep, and they're trading, trading it in right now for a forerunner. Do you still want the black Jeep? I'm like, uh, uh, absolutely. And come to find out, it was a 2014, but it only had 50, like 50,000 miles on it. Wow. The co- 2014 now, and I got it in 2019. Wow. I said to myself, wow. And, and before I got that call, I had a sense that, okay, I'll eventually get a Jeep. I had, I had butterflies. I could feel something. And then I get that call. For the listeners, y'all may be like, oh, you're making this up. That's a bunch of bull. But I'm just telling you from what I experienced. And that's not the only situation that I've experienced that's similar to that. That's the power of the mind. Now we get into the spiritual aspect. That's the power of the mind. Whatever you want, you will have it. Because one thing that the, the Christians and the, and the Muslims always say is that one thing that God does not do is lie. Ooh, wow. According to the teacher, <laughs> he, 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 she, or it, and I don't have a problem with the she, does not lie. So if that is true, if you're telling me, if God or Allah tells me or Krishna tells me that I will get something if I put it in the work. Once I put it in the work, I'm going to come to God and be like, okay, where is it? Where is, where is, my, where, where is the blessing you say you're going to give me? At that point, I have faith in God or Allah or in Vishnu, mm-hmm. Ram, Krishna, or Shiva. And I begin to put in the steps, as the script, scriptures say, put in the steps, and I will come towards you. Take one step, I'll take two towards you. Okay. Let me take the steps like I did with the Jeep. I worked extra hours. I got my credit right. And then the extra, the two steps of God bringing his blessing to me was me leaving the dealerships and I get a phone call. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the laws of attraction. What you put out, you will get back. You ever know why um, rich people always engage in uh, philanthropy? Well, They're always donating. They're always getting charity. Why? For one, it's a tax write-off. And also, <laughs> they know something that we don't know. They know principles. They know their spiritual principle. They know that mm. if they give, they will get back. That's what the Jews do. Yeah. That's they true. donate. They give charity. 
because yeah. they know that um, you know Yahweh Yahshua Yahshua will bless them by virtue of them giving. It's 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 a law. It's a universal mm -hmm. law that says if you give, you will get back. Yeah, but you're gonna have to make some sacrifices. Yeah. So there's also like a an almost like selfish aspect to it a little bit, but. I think that's great. You know, there's almost like an instant gratification from from donating because like what I've heard from the Jews <laughs> from the Jews from a book that I read was that um you should donate whenever you feel like really poor. Whenever you feel like something bad is happening to you, you donate to a charity and then that will make you feel like you have a lot because you just help someone like a really really like really well um and that feels good you know being able to be like wow i'm actually blessed because i was I, I was able to help this person even though i thought that i just crashed my car and i needed all the money in the world giving money to someone who actually needs money will make you instantly feel like you're in a better position just I get what that. you're saying what you're talking about is something that i practice each and every day and i practice for the past mm decade and it's called abundance wow abundance means to make it simple having more than enough meaning wealth um happiness peace food support um listening having a lot of everything holistically having so much that what you do daily or every other day or weekly is you're giving you're always giving not just food or money to charity, but you're giving your time to someone or something. You are giving clothes to people. You're giving books to people. Um, all those things, that's living in abundance. When you live in abundance, mm. you will be blessed. That's another universal law. The principle is you give, you receive. It doesn't have to be money. Just give something. And what you do is you're letting the universe know that I have plenty to give. And I don't mind giving it. So the universe say, oh, okay. I see what you're doing. I don't have a choice but to bless you because yeah. you are following the universal law, which is the law of abundance, the law of the, the law right. of giving abundance. And, and for the listeners, y'all looking to abundance. Look at it from the perspective of the different faiths and different philosophers. Abundance is very, very powerful. I thought it was a bunch of bull. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I thought it was a bunch of crap, just yeah. some stuff that people talk about. And it, it yeah. sounds good until I begin living it. Because I'm always yeah. giving. Always. Yeah. And that goes against like everything that we learn in school. Kind of. Yeah. We go like, well, you need to work. You need to work to feel good. You need money. You need to start a, you know, have a business. And you yeah. need all of these things that you right. don't have in order to to look for the thing that you're looking for that really you had all along. Yes. It's in you. Whatever you want is already a birthright for you to have. It's already in you. It's in yeah. your essence. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. It's in your spirit. It's in your essence. It's in your soul. In order to manifest it, you have to look within, yeah. have confidence in that process, and then what you see within will become without it will become outside it will manifest to you you look within and then you manifest it from within you to outside of you 
It sounds weird. I'm t- I know it does. It sounds crazy, but I, I, I challenge each listener who's going to be listening to this podcast, who watches this podcast, which I encourage y'all to watch all of Eric's podcast because Eric is very fascinating, very intelligent, highly intelligent, very, um, very um, willing to listen. And he's helped a lot of people. And he's a he's an awesome young man. So I, I highly <laughs> recommend all the listeners Thank to you. watch each and every one of Eric's podcasts. Support him. Support him with, in whatever way. But make sure that you all test what I'm saying. Please test it. Do it. Test me. Test it. Test abundance. Test the universe. If you're an atheist, test yourself. <laughs> test yourself. You know, put it to action. And I guarantee you, with the confidence. And the right mind space and the right head space, you will get what you want. It's yeah. a law. Yeah, man. And that's so different than like, for example, religion. For example, religion is kind of like the opposite of that. Religion is like, trust me. Trust me, you you will die and you will go to heaven. Trust me, you know. Um, but with this idea, it's kind of like, don't believe me. Go and try yourself, please, by all means. Don't. Mm-hmm. You will experience this right now yourself, you know. And you know what's in, it's interesting you say that um, about the um, religions not teaching it. What's sad is the knowledge is in, this knowledge that I'm talking about is in every single Holy Scripture <laughs> book. It's in the Bhagavad Gita, it's yeah. in the Bible, it's in the Holy Quran, it's in the, in the Hadith, it's there. But unfortunately, though... Priests or preachers willingly, I mean, unknowingly or unknowingly don't teach it Mm -hmm. because, for one, they may not know it. Two, they may know it, but they don't want other people to be aware of it because if other people know how to manifest things, there is no use to go to them to get answers. Because in the ancient times, priests were the ones that people would go to to get teachings, to get instructions so that they can live a happy, healthy and wealthy life. That's the foundation of the church is a place of congregation for people to congregate, to get instructions, to get knowledge, to take with them so that they can live a healthy, happy and wealthy life. That's the the basis of it. But unfortunately, the the new ways, the new laws that have been put in place is to prevent people from having that knowledge so that they can live a happy, healthy and wealthy life. Yeah, right. It's like, look, I have all the instructions. Uh, stay here. You know, keep coming back to me. Keep giving me your money. Keep, you know, um, they want to keep you like in that one spot of, of uh, looking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the reality is that. It's just a, like the church, religion, priest are just kind of like like vehicles to use, right? Mm-hmm. And whenever you're in an Uber in a car and you reach your destination, you get out of the car. You right. don't stay in the car and sit there like, okay, we're here. No, you, you get out of the car and then you 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 do what you went there to do, you know? Right. You 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 pay you paid your money, i.e., you invested. Yeah. You got you you got your investment led you to your destination and then you got out of your destination now you're ready to start your journey yeah you know? um exactly. and but i can i can guarantee you we're coming into a time where 
things are going to change in such a way where individuals will begin to seek real teachers, um, mm -hmm. real um, gurus or real individuals who have a lot yeah. of experience that can give them hard instructions. And, and the reason I say hard instructions, because if you give someone in the time that's coming, if the, the giving soft instructions are just, you know, mm -hmm. you should do this and do it this way. That ain't going to be enough to inspire people to do what needs to be done for the world that's coming yeah. um, because we're coming into rough times, not to discourage the listeners, but I mean, it's a reality. I, and this is hard for me to tell y'all. It, it really sucks for me to tell you, but mm -hmm. I just got to be truthful with the listeners is that we're coming into a time where you're going to have to be very decisive. You're going to have to have self-discipline and you're going to have to stand on principles, some type of principles so that you can survive you can make it through and and make it to the other side the new world um that's 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 unfolding in front of our eyes so make sure you deal with people who are going to be decisive and that um make sure you watch their actions don't look at what they say just like i'm telling y'all don't listen to what right. i say don't listen to anything i say don't believe anything i say right i want to inspire the world especially the young individuals to get to a point where they can begin to do their own research that can be able to rely on their own intuition and instincts in such a way where they are skeptical with people say, but yeah. that skepticism leads to a reward of finding the truth for themselves. Right. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the Buddha, you know, like the Buddha has so many books. Buddhism has so many books. Yeah. But Buddha was never reading books about Buddhism, you know, right? Because you know, they Buddha was meditating. He was, mm -hmm. he was. That's what he was doing when he gained enlightenment. He wasn't like trying to look for some kind of answer. He right. he 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 heard the instruction, and he did the action, and then he wrote it down for for other people to do, not to read. You know, yeah, to do right. Because one one thing I've learned um, studying, you know. Um, Sikhism and, and the other isms, mysticism and everything is that there are a lot of imposters in the world. A lot of people who present themselves as those who have the answers or good, great teachers and stuff. And yeah. some of them <laughs> talk about valid things. Yeah. But the problem is a lot of them are not, they don't, the things that they're teaching does not reflect their livelihood or their um or their journey or their way of life make sure that you are listening to someone who has a lot of experience and someone who is actually living the life that they're teaching or that they're yeah. instructing that's very important and let's be honest no matter how many books you read you can know every book by verbatim but if you don't reflect those teachings through your actions and well yes. life, you are a hypocrite. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You have to live the life. You got to live it. I don't care if you read 100 books. I've read so many, I've read so many books. <laughs> but it don't mean a, a dang thing if yeah. my lifestyle does not reflect yeah. what I teach or what I talk about, period. Yeah. So I encourage the listeners to make sure that they're looking at the lifestyle of a person right. who is portraying themselves as someone who has some answers. Make sure they're living that life. Make sure. 
Lao Tzu has this great quote that says, he who knows does not speak, and he who speaks does not know. <laughs> yep. Beautiful philosophy. It's a beautiful philosophy. Yeah, I was going to say something, but no, I'm going to continue with the show because it, it can. I could bring it up maybe possibly later or another time, but because I I'd rather bring it up at the right time anyway. So, what what was it? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I wanted you to make sure you got through your questions. I know you had questions. Oh. Stuff. Um, I don't want to get off track with that, but we we maybe I could bring it up at a point of time before the show is over. With. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, some some simple instructions if if people want instructions that can like help the world because i think that's that's something interesting as well like uh like people are always looking for for ways to to change the world mm -hmm. but you know uh they never even ponder the idea that you know there's a problem with them or like right you know and uh right so that yeah, I would say before you try to go out into the world and try to change the world, maybe try going into yourself and try to change a little bit of what you're doing, and then the right. world will change right. around you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The reason the reason people try to change others is because they have a desire of they have a deep desire for that individual, or they have invested so much of themselves mm -hmm. into the world where it's something that they really don't have any self-control over. That's why it's very important to look within. Make sure you build a relationship with self, with, with your higher self, with, with your essence. And once you build that relationship, you will begin to recognize that there are those in the world, as my teacher would say, who are kindling, meaning their path is already lead, is going to lead them to destruction because of their karma, because of the lifestyle that they're living. Mm -hmm. And their karma, their bad karma has built up so much that it ain't no saving them, unfortunately. They are just going to be killing towards the fire. <laughs> so we have to accept the fact that we can't save everybody. And, and before we try to attempt to right. save anybody, we need to ask a very important question that a lot of us never ask. And that is, is this individual worthy of being saved? Mm, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Are they worthy Total flip. of getting these instructions? Because everybody yeah. ain't worthy. Trust me. And this is something that took me years to accept. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to lie. It took me years to accept that truth. Everyone is not worthy. Everyone is not worthy of knowledge. I know everybody think everybody in the world is supposed to have knowledge. No, they don't. No. No, 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 no. I, I totally disagree with that because if you are a murderer, yeah, should you have more knowledge that's going to give the ability to be even more intelligent and manipulative to continue to murder people? Whoa, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know that's exactly a, that's the best example I could give that people can really understand when they hear this. No, no, you don't want to give a murderer much more knowledge, especially now if especially if they're they're committing crimes to just commit them without. It being self-defense, killing someone out of self-defense. But murder is an attempt to do to do harm to someone, kill someone yeah. without any righteous or moral reasons behind it. You're doing it just to be doing it because you have a nefarious agenda versus you're doing it out of self-defense. 
someone mm-hmm. was trying to kill you, but you're defending yourself. And through self-defense, you had to take their life, unfortunately, but it was self-defense. Because that's one of the first laws of the universe is self-preservation. That's the first law. Oh. Self-preservation. So you have to take care of yourself first, period. You have to look after your, for your own best interest. But yeah, we have to ask that question, is this person worthy? And if you know they're not, you shouldn't help them because if you do help them, at that point, you've went against yourself. You've went against God or mm-hmm. Allah or Krishna or Vishnu. You've went mm-hmm. against self. That's why a lot of people find themselves in bad situations because they could they continue to try to help someone who is not worthy of helping, who mm. of not worthy of being helped. And in that process, they create bad karma. The karma of the person that they're trying to help comes to them. It's, it's transferred. And creation, the universe sets that up because you have to be punished because you wouldn't listen. Yeah. Yeah, and and also I think that maybe what do you think about the idea that the punishment can also come from as well as um, I'm trying to think of the way to say it, like like not teaching people who should be taught or you know because good question. No, that's a beautiful question. That's that's a good question. If someone has approached you that you know is worthy. But you don't want to give them any knowledge because of ego or because of you being greedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's karma that comes with that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Just like if someone come to you that's hungry, you have a wagon full of food (laughs) and the destination that you're going to has plenty of food waiting. (laughs) Why not give that individual just a can of food? Right. If you're knowing that you're going to a destination that's going to have yeah. even more food. Now, that doesn't mean that that individual may not be worthy. Because let's say if this is an individual that you're aware of mm-hmm. who has mistreated you throughout life and you meet them on that road and they're starving. Let's say it's cold, they're shivering, it's snowing, they naked, no clothes. You have, an extra, you have some extra clothes to give them. You have some food to give them as well. At that point, you're going to decide, okay, this person mistreated me throughout my journey. Now I have a situation to help them. Should I help them or should I not help them? Now that's left up to you. Mm -hmm. However, you better make sure that decision that you make is the right decision because there is karma that's going to follow through. Yeah. You know? But to answer your question, yeah, no, it, it works both. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. If a person deserves to be helped or supported, but you're not willing to help them, oh yeah, you are gonna deal with the consequence. It, it, ha- it happens yeah. both ways. There's no way out of it yeah. whatsoever. That's right, man. That's why you have to be like, you know, listening so that you yourself can be able to make the right harmonious decision. Absolutely, yes, yes. It's just like hermetic uh, hermeticism. That's why I, I really recommend the listeners to look into the teachings of hermeticism, the, the, uh, the hermetic principles. I believe there are seven of them, maybe nine. I don't remember. But the hermetic principles teaches about universal law, universal principles. So for all the listeners, I highly recommend for you get a book called The Kabbalion. Mm-hmm. 
that will get you on a path of understanding laws, understanding the laws of abundance, the laws of attraction, you know, those things. And it will enable you to be able to look within and to be able to manifest the things that you need and want in your life. But you have to follow principles. You have to follow follow universal law, period. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. Unfortunately, there's no way around it. You can try to manipulate it, but it's going to come back and bite you in the behind. So be very careful what you try to manipulate. Um, yeah. Especially if you don't have good intentions behind it. Right. Yeah, man. Do you do you know Ramdas by any chance? Uh, I don't know if we've already talked about Ram, uh, R-A-M-D-A-A-S? D-A-S-S. D-A-S-S. Yeah, didn't wasn't his um guru um the uh the guy um the bald headed guy that always used to cheese and smile all the time he passed a while ago he was a uh, new curly baba the, or Maharaji yes. yeah yes yes yeah I know who he is yeah yeah well uh, he has this also this quote that is really cool that says uh, the the next message that you need to hear is right where you are when you're ready to hear the next message that's deep. That's very deep. Sounds like he's saying being um, being in the present always in the moment, being in the present moment always so mm. that you can receive the knowledge appropriately in the moment yeah. by being in the moment, by being, B-E-I-N-G, just being. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. I have to look more into it, though. But yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, man. Um, so I think maybe we can take a segue here into like how maybe like drugs can can fit into into our lives this way and and maybe how we can like maybe just see them uh, like how maybe we're supposed to see them, especially like as a college student or um, as a parent or different scenarios, uh, you know, in, in life. So now are you asking um, how how drugs or medicine can benefit someone that's in recovery? Yeah, yeah. Humans or humans, okay. Well or how maybe how maybe how we're supposed to look at it in a way that it doesn't add more karma, like in like in the way of like I get not, saying. not feeding the hungry person or right. Well, this is this is there's two outlooks on it. If you are a holistic individual, you're going to have a different perspective on on this pr- particular um, subject. And I'm just speaking out, not to you directly, just overall, because I'm a holistic individual. And then you have those who support, you know, the medical institution stuff like that. Um, and I'm not a, against them or anything. I just have, you know, different views. But that's here. That's here nor there. There are certain medicines out there that can actually help a person stay on the path to prevent them from indulging. But once the person stops taking the medicine, they end up right back from, from square one. That's not all people, but, but most people, because medicine, it's a reason why it's called practice. It's a reason why they practice medicine because they haven't got it right. They're practicing. So, Medicine takes care of symptoms, but not the root cause. That's a fact. 
Right. That's a fact that now people try to argue all the way. That's just a fact. It, it's, it's the symptom. Just like if you had the flu, you take um, ibuprofen, Tylenol, like if you have a, a fever or something, because it takes care of the symptoms. Yeah. But it doesn't address the root. What we have to get to is a point of addressing the root. Mm-hmm. Once you deal with the root of the problem, then there is that sp- that window that opens of healing. For example, oh. if someone has trust issues, you can send them through meditation. You can send them through all that. Right. But if you if they don't accept the root of what happened that brought about them having these trust issues, later down the line, it's just going to be a, a relapse of not trusting people. But if a person says, right. okay, I don't trust people because of what was done to me when I was eight years old, mm-hmm. and you address that situation, let them know, okay, unfortunately, you were eight years old. You didn't have any control of that situation. It's not your fault. And you repeat that in such a way where they begin to understand and accept, accept it. Right. That's it. Then they can say, okay. I accept what happened to me. I accept I had no control. And I accept that going forward, I should trust individuals once they deem themselves worthy of being trusted and move forward with that, in the, with that individual, whether if it's an intimate relationship or just a companionship. They have to accept, but it goes back to the root. What's the root mm-hmm. cause that had that? has created so much trauma that has conditioned me to think the way I think now, to act the way I think, or to be indulged in drugs. The average person who indulges in drugs indulge in it because either something was slipped in their drink or mm. something was done to them as a child, but it right. never was diagnosed. Yeah. And through time, it has reached a level where the individual has to cope. So what do they do? They take this drug to cope. They drink um, a lot of alcohol to cope. They have a lot of sex to cope. They become game addicts because they have to have something to release dopamine. Right. So they begin to cope. And certain people use drugs as a coping mechanism. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that's available to them at the time. They could be in a situation or circumstance where they're at the very lowest. And there is a friend that they're with that's, that's hitting the marijuana or that's Sticking themselves in the arm with a needle. Right. And since they're at their lowest, that's the only thing that they have access to at the time. Versus someone who like, hey, let's talk about it. What's going on? Yeah. I'm here for you. Let's talk. Before they even even think about reaching for that substance or reaching for whatever. So long story short, I think medicine can be beneficial to take care of the symptoms. But even if a person is on medicine, they should also be trying to figure out ways holistically to get to a point where they're not depending on the medicine to keep them to, 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 to keep them from engaging in whatever they've been diagnosed with that led to them having having to be on the medicine in the first place. Yeah. So there, there's the pros and cons to everything, you know. But if you are someone that has right. psychotic breakdowns and stuff, medicine is necessary to keep you calm 
But in the process of you taking that medicine, you should figure out the holistic approach too. That's just an opinion of mine. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't, you know, only a physician can can back, can speak on that, but I'm just giving you my um, opinion based upon just research that I get, you know, because I do a lot of research. I love research. I love peer review studies. I love journals. I love paying money to get access to papers and 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 and, and writings and documentation that you can't get access to unless you pay or unless you're in, in a certain university or something. So, but I just love research. So do your research, but that's just my look on it. I think there's the pros and cons to it. Right. I think people yeah. shouldn't really just frown upon it because it helps right. certain people. Certain people told me, hey, this medication helped me, you know, yeah. um, but at the same time, you still need to address the root. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because let's say that you, for some reason, ended up like lower than you were when you took a drug. Mm-hmm. You still got that, like, that view of that beautiful world that you're talking about that they saw. And I think there is like some good to that. You know, I think it's not all bad as well. Right. You know, you right. Completely hate on that. Right. Um, in, in the Bible, there's the metaphor of, uh, you know, the story of, uh, uh, of the men, I think being in the, like, I think Jesus asked the man or somebody asked someone, <laughs> so I'm butchering this. Um, why aren't you wearing your garments, like wedding garments? And so they were grabbed by chain and handcuffs and kicked out of the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. because uh they were at a at a wedding and they weren't we- wearing wedding clothes clothes so, I, I i know i know i know i know which story i believe i'm i am recalling that story it's been so long it's been a while since i've read that story in the bible because i've read the bible but it's been a it's been a while i don't know remember verbatim but i understand where you uh what you're saying where you're going with the story i, I think i recall that story but, but, but go ahead and finish. Yeah, so I think like the idea is that, you know, I think Maharaji talks about this because Ramdas, uh, when he first went to India as a, uh, as a psychologist from Harvard, he ended up giving Maharaji LSD. He just brought a bunch of drugs with him and he was doing like experiments in India, giving people like a bunch of drugs. Yeah. And, and long story short, Maharaji grabs him and he's like, oh we we have this like he takes on he's like we have this over here and he's like this allows you to go with christ but you can't stay there (laughs) i like that that's some good teaching (laughs) good teaching (laughs) yeah what that means is yeah you can you can go you can you can be healed but it won't be permanently that's what that means yeah it's a temporary it's a temporarily situation and circumstance of mm-hmm. being okay or being fine but it's not permanent mm. but that's paul love it i love it oh i love that oh i love that and i i guess like the the proper acquirement for the wedding in heaven mm-hmm. is like this idea of maybe you need to die before you can go to heaven you can't go up there with a body you you can't go there no, well, see, and see, that's tricky because people don't know this, and this is probably going to be the well, there are people who know it, but the average person don't. But the listeners may not have never heard of what I'm about to say. 
So there's, there's the prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What that means is heaven is here on earth just like heaven is above. Because again, on earth as it, it mm -hmm. earth is in heaven. Heaven is here, but it's, it's a mind state. It's, it's, a mind it's, state. It's, a, it's a mind state. So to go back to the wedding, being in heaven at the wedding is being in a peaceful state and having the clothes is, i.e., having the morals, the righteousness, the character, the qualities in order to participate in the wedding. Right. That's what that means. It ain't it ain't got nothing to do with the physical, the clothes. Right. It's it's the spirit having yeah. the qualities to be able to attend the wedding. Yeah. The garment represents the holiness. You need to be whole in order to attend the wedding. Right. That's yeah. what that means. That's what right. that means. And maybe like what I was trying to go with, like having a body and not having a body and like dying and not dying was like having that idea that you are still an individual that are, like things are happening to and that um like you are you are like a you know like a like a product of the universe's like actions working against you or something oh i and, get what you're saying okay I'm and you, you have to like maybe kill that aspect of the ego in order yeah, to that's a good perspective yes in order to be able to enjoy the moment, you have to kill maybe like um, that part of you that wants to go to heaven. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. No, you are you. You're on. You're on point, Eric. You are absolutely right. In order to get to heaven, yeah, or to get to bliss, a state of bliss is what you're talking about. Bliss. To get to the state of bliss, you have to destroy ego now you can't eradicate ego forever in your mind i mean right. ego is going to always come there to challenge you yeah. but you can tame ego right. and when you tame ego bliss and peace begins to manifest within you absolutely you're 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 100 correct absolutely wow. yeah you're right well yeah jeremy thank you so much man I really yeah, no, no, no problem. I really appreciate uh, everything that you do for the school, man. I've been to the Center for Students in Recovery, and I love the place. It's such a nice environment. Yeah, good people. Yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like there is like some kind of uh, change being forced on you, mm -hmm. but rather like an acceptance that's being like we're trying to get to like the root problem. And I really appreciate that, and and all yeah. all of you guys that work with that. So thank you. Absolutely, man. no, thank you. Um, Thank you for having me. And um, I know that young individuals, I, I know deep in their soul, they want to be happy. Every person, every human being wants to be happy. Every human being wants to reach to a state where they're living a life of simplicity. But in order to get there, and this is what I was going to talk about earlier, if we had enough time on the show, is they have to have 
some form of meaning. And the only way to have that is to have purpose. Um, yeah. People don't have a purpose. That is what leads to depression. That's what leads to unhappiness. That's what leads to confusion. That's what leads to frustration. People don't have a sense of purpose and they don't even know what purpose is. And they don't know how to get started, where to start to get on the road that leads them towards purpose and living a purposeful life. It's purpose. It's destiny, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's having that fulfillment of knowing that you contribute to the broader of society in some shape or form. When a person has meaning, it's the most liberating, awesome, beautiful, unique, divine, mm. happy, blissful, peaceful, miraculous, awesome thing that you can ever experience and feel. Purpose, purpose, purpose. Find your purpose, Eric, and the listeners. And it seems like you're already on that path of, of what your purpose is. Find your purpose. I guarantee you when you find your purpose, suffering begins to just be like a like a like a fly. Have you ever been at a, at a at a at a gathering or at a picnic or at a barbecue and you're eating and then a fly just comes? What you do? You just swat it away. Once you reach a stage of purpose, suffering, difficulties will become that fly. Something that you just wave, it just 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 shoot at it and it'll fly off. It will come back, but what you do? Just fly it off and you continue eating your meal. Nice. So find your purpose, listeners. Find a purpose. And here's a little cheat code that I've personally done whenever I don't have a purpose. Mm -hmm. I'll make finding a purpose my purpose. So. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Love it, Eric. Beautiful. Well said. Where can people find you, Jeremy, if anybody wants to reach out or have any questions? Well, first of all, um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Jeremy Hall, comma, MBA. The reason I don't have doctor and everything on there because I work at a university. And my doctorate um, and PhD is religious based. It's from a seminary school. So that's why I don't have that listed on my LinkedIn. I just have Jeremy Hall MBA. Um, so I want to clarify that for the listeners. So Jeremy Hall, comma, MBA, you'll find me. You can keep in contact with me on there. Um, also at UTD, Jeremy.Hall um, at UTDallas.edu. Also, I'm on Instagram. I'm not. I'm rarely on there, but Instagram is um, Doctor underscore J D H A L L. You can find me on Instagram, or you can send me a text. I don't mind putting my personal information out there because I like to be reachable for the for the youth, for the students, and for people, especially the young people. Eight one seven six eight three six six five five. Again, that's my personal cell. Eight one seven. Six eight three six six five five, and my email is Jeremy D Hall DCC at gmail dot com. Again, Jeremy D Hall DCC at gmail dot com. Wow, there you go, yeah. folks. All of that information will be in the description below. Yeah, please reach out as you heard it from the man himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and I really appreciate you um having me, Eric. Um, um, I I just. I just honor what I do. I honor you as a student, as a as an individual, as a human. I honor you listeners that's going to be listening um, to this. 
and I honor life itself. Life is beautiful and precious. It's just we find ourselves in difficult situations and circumstances that pulls us away from that. And it turns us away from knowing that life is beautiful. We turn our back on life. We turn our back on creation. But we have to understand that everything is not going to be roses. Everything is not going to be beautiful. That's part of life. We're here to experience, to have an experience. And by virtue of having an experience and learning from what we experience, we become to a, we get to a point of our life where we reach evolution and we evolve towards greatness. We evolve towards being part of creation. We evolve towards being God itself um, because we are the children of creation, of creator, of the universe. So I inspire you all to simplify your life. It's okay to have things, but just know that things will not bring you happiness. Everything outside of you is nothingness, as they teach in Kabbalah. It's nothingness. It's, 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 it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't exist. It's an illusion. It's not real. What's real is you. So if you want true peace, true happiness, true um, everything, you want the real, look within and you will find it because it's within you, not outside of you. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. No problem. Um, you take care of yourself, and if you need anything, just reach out to me. Thank you very much, man. You as well, All right. man. All right. Take care, Harry. Hare Krishna. Thanks for having me. Hare Krishna. Yeah. All right. Peace.